0: The hearings in Washington for Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, I call her that because she's going to get confirmed even though she shouldn't, continue, the hearings continue. Ted Cruz, who um, took her to task yesterday for being soft on pedophiles, uh, today asked her another pretty innocuous question. And again, Ketanji Brown-Jackson goes into her see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Tell no truth mode. Can an unborn child feel pain at 20 weeks in the birthing process?
1: Senator, I don't know.
0: Are you aware of the fact that anesthesia is provided to the unborn child at that time period if there's an operation to save the baby's life because they can in fact feel pain? Are you aware of that?
1: I am not aware of that. Well, that may come before you one day, so just keep an open
0: mind. Keep an open mind? Lindsey Graham knows she's not going to keep an open mind. (laughs) She's already made up her mind. She's made up her mind on crime being systemically racist, and it's unfair to hold people accountable for the horrendous nature of their actions. Child pedophiles, or pedophiles who uh, have multiple images of, Things like child rape, ah. There are federal sentencing guidelines. There are sentences asked for by prosecutors. She's been laughably lenient on them, not just once, not just occasionally, not just 50% of the time, every time. They talked about a case yesterday where the federal guideline for someone who was a child pornographer, the federal guideline was eight years. The prosecutor's recommendation, this was an 18-year-old who had Images of an eight-year-old being raped. Was watching videos of an eight-year-old being raped. The prosecutor wanted a two-year sentence. A pretty lenient prosecutor. Must have been a Democrat. Asked for two years. One-fourth the recommended sentence. You know what she gave him? She gave him three months. One-eighth of the recommended one-fourth of the federal guideline. Here's the exchange between Ketanji Brown-Jackson and Ted Cruz.
1: I take these cases very seriously as a mother, as someone who, as a judge, has to review the actual evidence in these cases. and, And in every case, I did my duty to hold the defendants accountable in light of the evidence and the information that was presented to me
0: in a hundred percent of the cases was the evidence less than the prosecutors asked for
1: senator the evidence in this these cases are egregious the evidence in these cases are among the worst that i have seen and yet as congress directs judges don't just calculate the guidelines and stop judges have to take into account the personal circumstances of the defendant because that's A requirement of Congress. Judges have to consider things like the victims. And when I was talking about making sure that victims' circumstances are heard, it was about my sentencing practices. That I...
0: Victims being heard with respect. She's making the case that the victims are heard, that she's representing the victims, that she's factoring in the pain, the harm the victims have suffered how can you possibly make that argument if you give a three-month sentence to someone who the prosecution asked for two years for and the federal guidelines call for eight years for how can she make that i mean it's fairly offensive when she won't answer questions like what is a woman when does life begin do you know that an infant can feel pain at 20 weeks that's offensive but to make the contention that your actions are do what your actions clearly don't do is as offensive, if not more offensive. And she said her words, the circumstances of the case, the crimes committed were egregious among the worst I've ever seen, but not enough, not enough to come anywhere close to the sentence asked for by the prosecution who must have proved its case because she said the evidence was egregious. Among the worst I've ever seen. What would someone get if the evidence was like just enough to get a conviction? they would probably give him a new car, tell him to move to a new neighborhood, something. I mean, wow, that's a really bad answer, but her answers don't matter. You know, her answers don't matter. They don't matter at all because she's going to be confirmed and she's going to be on the court. Now, they're saying, ah, you know, Breyer was on the court; he was a lib. But every member of the Supreme Court has influence. She's going to get the right opinion. She's going to get the right minority opinion. She's going to get the right majority opinions. And sooner or later, this move toward decriminalizing pedophilia is going to find its way to the Supreme Court. Sooner or later, issues like biological males having access to private spaces for women is going to make its way to the Supreme Court. Sure, sure, legislative bodies can make laws on that. South Dakota has. I hope Ohio does. I hope Jenna Powell's bill, Protect Women's Sports Act, I hope that gets traction and hearing in the Ohio General Assembly. The Ohio General Assembly, it is, like, for instance, you've been made to believe, and I've engaged in this, I've engaged in this, Unwittingly, and I will now say apologetically, I've engaged in selling you on the idea that the backpack bill has a chance to be law by this fall. I'm all about it. I want it to happen. I got two kids in private school. It's a financial sacrifice for us to send our kids to private school. A big financial sacrifice. It's worth it because we feel led to have them there. We're very happy with the education that they're getting there, but it's a sacrifice. And so when the backpack bill came along, and it's been out there and rumored for quite some time and talked about and advocated for. I bought into what I now know is not a feasible scenario that the backpack bill could be law by the fall. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. If you're holding out hope that you're sending your kid to private school, you don't qualify for ed choice, that you're going to get $7,500 to send your kid to a private school or to invest in their homeschooling, by the fall, it's not going to happen. The reason it's not going to happen is because of the politics of the Ohio General Assembly. Speaker of the House Bob Cup, is not going to bring it forward. It's got to have, it's got to pass the House, it's got to pass the Senate, it's got to have hearings, it's got to be signed into law by Mike DeWine, and then it's got to wait 60 days. You tell me all that's going to happen while they're on recess in the summertime? It's not going to happen. It's not. So, issues have to have the right kind of momentum behind them. Now, and I'm not talking about voter momentum. I'm talking about the movers and the shakers, the people who drive the process. The backpack bill in Ohio, sure, CCV's behind it. I'm behind it. You're behind it. Bob Cup's not behind it. It's not a priority item for him. He's going to tell you it is. He's going to show up at meetings. He's going to fundraise off of it. Other groups are going to fundraise off of it. They're going to put on special meetings. They're going to call you in. They're going to get you all fired up about it. And you're going to think, oh, yeah, I got to donate because then that thing will pass. It's not going to pass. It's not going to pass by this fall. There's no chance. So the Jenna Powell bill... Protect women's sports sounds great. It's not a priority for this Ohio General Assembly. And even if it were, eventually, the people who are putting forth the lie that a transgender man should be allowed to compete with biological women, that case is going to end up in the court. The law can be made, will be made, I assume, in some states that are braver than Ohio. But it's going to end up in the courts. And this woman sits on the highest court, or will soon sit on the highest court in the land. So that's why John Kennedy asked her the question yesterday about, well, where do you stand on this? And of course, it's a issue she's not going to address because she doesn't want it to put any kind of information out there that could possibly sway a Joe Manchin or some other sane Democratic senator, and I can't think of any others who are at the moment. She's not going to say anything that's going to put her in peril because she's trying to protect. She's in max protect mode. I'm not going to show anything. I'm not going to acknowledge that a baby can feel pain in the womb at 20 weeks. I'm not going to acknowledge or even offer a definition of what a woman is. I'm not going to venture a guess about anything that could be controversial. And she knows, she full well knows, the transgender issue is one that is fully controversial. And so she's not going to shed any light on it. For example, it's a very hot topic today. Uh, the, 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 the right of a transgender woman to compete in women's sports. Do you think Congress, uh, the people ought to get to decide that through Congress? Or the judge can just find it? As an un, unenumerated right,
1: a penumbra of the Constitution well Senator, that um, the topic that you raised is something that is um, as you say a hot topic today and yeah. could certainly be litigated um, so I'm not in a position to to say more about whether or not um it's right. actually one of the unenumerated right well, in the i don't, I don't want to ask you how you'd rule but would you have any problem saying okay if that case that is litigated
0: saying this is a political question whoa stop i'm sl- staying in my lane
1: congress needs to, to decide this case the people need to decide that through their elected representatives well, would that be appropriate Well, respectfully, Senator, that is a decision. In other words, you you say, I'm not asking you to decide it. But um, in every case, the determination about whether or not something is a political question or whether or not the court has or has not jurisdiction is uh, an issue for judges. And so I'm, I'm not able to speak to it.
0: Of course not. She could very easily say, look, if the people make the law through their legislatures, I'm not touching it. She could say that. She's not going to say that. Because she wants to be able to make laws from the bench. So that's why I get satisfaction. But it's cautious satisfaction over things like what took place in Florida yesterday with Governor Ron DeSantis. Who more and more every day, every single day, Ron DeSantis proves himself to be the choice for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. I'll tell you what he did yesterday in the hopes that it has staying power from people who are activists like Katanji Brown-Jackson. Next on the Bruce Hooley Show. You can follow Joe Ingalls on Twitter if you want a blow-by-blow of Governor Mike DeWine's State of the State, Joe Ingles is at J-O-I-N-G-L-E-S. The governor did take time today to uh, evoke a moment of silence for Gunnery Sergeant James Speedy of Cambridge, who died uh, less than a week ago in a NATO training exercise in Norway. Uh, That's uh, well done by the governor. So we will see tomorrow and have a full recap of his speech Including his uh, contention that uh, this is Ohio's time, people are returning to the heartland. Mm, are they? I thought we're all like supposedly moving further south. Uh, we'll also have more tomorrow on what I'm sure will be an uh, interesting day of sound bites from the Katanji Brown Jackson hearings in Washington. She's clearly not going to say anything that could put her at odds with the leftist philosophy that she holds and will uphold as a Supreme Court justice. But we can hope for an era where we do not have a woke president like Joe Biden, a fool for a vice president like Kamala Harris, a uh, Lenny Riefenstahl descendant in Jen Psaki to lie every day from the White House podium and ideologists and uh, woke career politicians like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in the Senate. We can hope for that. And my fondest hope would be that we take the Senate and the House in the fall of 2022 in the midterms, and then we double down on that in the fall of 2024 by electing Ron DeSantis as president. Because Ron DeSantis is the right amount of Trump confrontation with a necessary amount of checks on his own ego to not say and do stupid things that will cause suburban women to no longer support him. See, listen, I I don't say that Ron DeSantis is too smart to anger the left, because if Ron DeSantis is the Republican nominee in 2024, if anybody is the Republican nominee in 2024, Rob Portman could be the Republican nominee in 2024. And he would be painted as worse than Trump. He would be. That's just... That's That comes with the territory. But DeSantis has to be smart enough that he doesn't... He's always going to alienate the left. He's not... He can't afford to alienate, or whoever the nominee is, whether it's Nikki Haley, Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, whoever it is, can't afford to alienate the people you have to have to win, and you have to have suburban women to win. And I think this is a winning position... For Ron DeSantis, who took it yesterday with a resolution in the Florida State House honoring swimmer Emma Wyant of Sarasota, Florida. Why is he honoring Emma Wyant? Did she win an NCAA championship? Well, no, but yes. She finished second in the 500-yard freestyle. She finished second to the swimmer known as Leah Thomas, who was born and lived his first, what, 20 years as Will Thomas who when standing on the starting blocks of the swimming race is clearly a biological male who dwarfs females in size, stature, muscle structure, and everything else. So Ron DeSantis and the Florida state government honored Emma Wyant of Sarasota yesterday with a resolution that read... Whereas a man, identifying identifying as a woman, was allowed to compete in and was declared the winner of the race by the National Collegiate Athletic Association, and Emma was determined to have come in second place. And whereas the NCAA's action served to erode opportunities for women's athletes and perpetuate a fraud against women athletes, as well as the public at large, and there were a few more whereases, Including, it is my determination that men should not be competing against women such as Emma Wyatt, robbing women and girls of achievements, awards, and scholarships. Now, therefore, they honor Emma Wyatt and declare her the winner of the NCAA championship at 500 meters. Good for you, Ron DeSantis. Good for you. This is a winning position. You know why it's a winning position? Because it's a common sense position. It's a common-sense position. You don't have to have particular clarity. You don't have to be a doctor, a biologist, to know what a woman is, to know what a man is, to know that it... We've spent the last half-century using Title IX to initially force, and now over the past probably 20 years, encourage, we've gotten past the point where you have to force colleges, And schools to offer similar opportunities for women. But if men can play women's sports, if men, like Rachel Levine, can be the first four-star female admiral, if men can do that, well, that's the real war on women. That's the real war on truth. That's the real war on the culture. And that's a war that has to be won or we don't have a culture. If words don't mean anything, if woman doesn't mean what woman has always meant. If you don't know what words mean, then you don't have an orderly society. You don't have a serious society. Jason Whitlock of The Blaze hits this dead on the money with his latest column. Uh, I have said some of these things many times. I doubt I have said them as eloquently as Jason does in this column, which in part reads, God created man and woman. I suspect Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown Jackson disputes that last statement. Disagreement over that statement is what is at the heart of the division tearing this country apart. Who's really in control, God or man? Is truth malleable to the whims of men and women? Judge Jackson does not lack common sense. She can define the word woman. If she can't, she should ask President Biden. He made it clear he picked Jackson because she's a black woman. Jackson's flaw is that her commitment to truth is fungible based on how truth impacts her politics. She's a politician, not a judge, not an arbiter of truth. Her particular brand of politics, left wing, requires her to eschew a biblical worldview that causes truth, excuse me, values truth above all else. Liberals believe, Whitlock writes, that the human mind determines gender. Men and women are their own gods. Our alleged mastery of science and technology makes us masters of the universe. Our thoughts and desires must be liberated affirmed, normalized, and surgically imposed because we are gods. No, we are not. We are not gods. And our wisdom is foolishness to God. Today I was reading Proverbs 9, verses 8 and 11. What comes with wisdom? He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. Transgender people, do they look happy? Do they look like they love their own soul? Of course not. He who cherishes understanding prospers. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. But we can't overlook this ideal. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells